Hey pals, and welcome to your weekly episode of We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters get silly and sexy while chatting about romance novels. Today, we have a grand old time discussing listener suggestion, The Heiress's Guide to Deception and Desire by Manda Collins. This book was just pure good vibes from start to finish, with a kidnapping plot and a basically feral cat character thrown in. In other words, it was chef's kiss, a pure delight. Enjoy the show. Something I was thinking about is the brood to dialogue ratio scale with regards to just books in general. But I feel like in general, the more the the higher the brood to dialogue ratio, the better. I don't know. We didn't need you to like expand on that. I don't like, really understand what you're talking about. Like the about. amount of time that people spend brooding versus the amount of time they spend talking. What is that like? So like I don't if know. they brood more. Yes. Then they talk. It's better. Yes. The more brooding, the better. But like, how do you calculate that? It's just vibes. You just know. (laughs) Pining, simmering, staring out of windows. I feel like that probably correlates to the cat scale a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Because I feel like the more broody a character is, the more cat-like. The more like, the more likely they are to like just sit staring out of windows exactly or like the, yeah exactly and cats don't talk like at all so that's like an infinite brute dialogue scale for any cat <laughs> basically they do talk they meow they have like no, a, what true. is it like a hundred different types of meow they have like a shit ton oh, of maybe. different types of meow no, i thought adult cats don't usually meow <laughs> they only meow at people no but they, they don't can. meow at other cats they can but they don't no but they meow at people yeah, they meow to communicate with people, and they have a bunch of different types of meows. Brr, like yeah. they can vocalize in a lot of different ways, like more than dogs can, like way mm. more than dogs can. Dogs don't need to vocalize; they master the art of human manipulation, like thousands of years before cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just being super friendly. Anyway, today we're doing Ferris's Guide to Deception and Desire by. Do you uh, Manda, Manda I, Collins. Manda, Manda Collins. Collins. Yeah. Good for you, Manda. This is her second book in this like crime fighting ladies plus romance book series. But you don't need to read the first book. I don't know. I mean, is are they at all in the first book? Because I was confused like whether – because it seemed like there was a lot more detail that could have been given about all the backstory. Like was that not They're, part of it at all? Okay. So I mean the – what are the, what are they fucking name? The two main characters are Caroline and Valentine. That's the hero and the heroine. And yeah, Caroline like appears, but like, like they, yeah, Caro and Val and Val both appear, but they're like they're very okay, side so we character. Like you don't get really any like you like you don't get any really any extra information about them. Okay, that, so we don't find out that they were. Book. We don't know that they were like engaged. So it's kind of like I feel like that's what's happening with um the fucking. Langley and Flora in this book. Is there a third book? I think so. I have it. Is it kind of like I that? mean, I do think Langley and Flora are probably the next couple, but I, in fact, I looked up the, the next book and it's like on Goodreads, but it doesn't have a title or like a, like a summary yet. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is were Carol and Val treated kind of like Langley and Flora, except I guess, I guess Carol yeah. would have been a bigger character. Carol was like a little bit of a bigger character in that she helped solve the mystery, but honestly, like she wasn't there for most of the time. Oh, really? Because it was, like, at a country party. Mm. So she only showed up, like, halfway through. Gotcha. 
yeah. to investigate the murder. A murder? There, yeah, it was a serial killer in the first book. Oh, damn. Wow. That's exciting. Okay. Well, I mean, we should explain. <laughs> okay. The premise of the book is that these two ladies, Caro and uh, fuck, what's her friend's name? Kate. Kate. Caro and Kate. Kate owns like a newspaper because she's like a she was like a rich widow. And then obviously she got married again in the first book because that was her book. And there is like a serial killer going about and her and her friend are like, oh, Scotland Yard isn't solving this. We're going to take it into our own hands. And they start like a column called the Ladies Guide to Mischief and Mayhem or whatever. And like now they have a book club. Like they've really expanded it. But they just like, you know, discuss crimes. <laughs> In, in their column and they're just like two little detectives and so yeah the first book they solved a serial killer case <laughs> and kate is now married to like a scotland yard sergeant i don't know he's like kind of high up in scotland yard you find out that all in this book too like that's not like you don't need to read the first book to get that background okay so i feel like this book was kind of um like the oh, central oh, conflict wait. this was a listener suggestion I oh yeah say. i always write yeah. it in my notes and then i always forget to say <laughs> nice yeah I feel like the conflict of this book was kind of like Pride and Prejudice, except that they gave all of Darcy's like really mean lines to like his to Val's dad instead of having Val himself like ever believe that. I think it was much more so like okay. I, I mean, I guess we. I feel like we should give the background. We're just like talking yeah. about it like that. Okay, so Caro and Val. This is like a second chance romance. Um, Caro is basically like her dad's like super rich, but he work he works for a living. He owns a tin making factory, so even though he's rich, he's still like disgusting um and val's dad is a duke and val is now like the heir to the dukedom because his older brother died recently his older brother was also kind of a dick and his dad is also like a classist dick basically his whole family is like snobs there's a word for it snobs i mean his older brother like the more we learn about his older brother the more i'm like no the brother was definitely just a dick he wasn't even (laughs) so basically val and caro like met like five years ago or something like a while back and they like, you know, fell in love and they were two crazy kids. That's what I was confused about because they're supposed so when does the first book take place relative to this one? Like how many years it before? Takes, it's like a year before. Like it takes place after they've already had a falling out in the first book. Right. But I was okay, because I was confused with the timeline because I thought that they met and like got together during the it seemed like it was saying it was during the events of no. the first book. Okay. No. The first book they're already enemies. Like they're okay. already sniping at each other. Val is Kate's like childhood friend. Yeah. Um. So like they already they already know each other. And then Kate is like separately friends with Caro. Yeah. But yeah. So Caro and Val like got together. They were like secretly engaged. But Val was like is like super bad at standing up to his family. And then his like brother like says something mean about Caro, and like Caro overhears, and Val doesn't defend her. And so Caro is like, um, I'm not gonna put up with like your family treating me like shit, and you like not saying about it. So well, like, but we're in not- his defense, it was supposed to be a secret that they were engaged, and he like thought. At least that's what he says. He thought that it was more important to like keep the secret. Sure, but like, but but what he comes to realize eventually is like he's like I like I didn't need to reveal our engagement to defend her. He's like I don't think like, he ever says that. That's true. But like I don't he think does he have that. Him. No, I feel like he does. He's like I should have like defended her. Like regard like. Yeah. I didn't need to be like she's my fiance. Treat her with respect. Like she should have been treated with respect, regardless of whether she was yeah. my fiance. It's sort of yeah. like I feel like the mindset that he is. He I guess would, it would like, have been like – since he had no precedent of like standing up to them, it would have been like odd and they would have, it would have been Sure, but yeah, suspicious. it's just like yeah. – he's like, oh, okay. Like so it wasn't just that you didn't stand up for your fiancé. It was the fact that you just like 
allowed that kind of comment to pass about like anyone. And Carol is like, yeah, I'm not having it. And I do like that they really put most of the blame at Val's door because I was really worried because like there are some moments when Carol has like a thought or like Kate like says like, oh, like I shouldn't have been so harsh to judge him. Like I just like I was like, you know, insecure about our relationship. And so like I lashed out and I broke up with him like. But it was it wasn't like it wasn't ever presented as like, oh, that means that like they're sort of equally at fault while also acknowledging because because Val also is like, well, I never did anything that would make you feel secure in our relationship. So like that's why you like, you know what I mean? Like it's still it's very much like I'm glad that they didn't because I feel like so often these second chance romances it's presented as like, well, they're both at fault. And like sometimes they really are both at fault. But sometimes I'm like, no, one of you was trash. And one of you needs to make amends. And the other one can, like, apologize for some things. But, like, you both, you know, one of you needs to apologize more than the other. And, like, I just get really frustrated. And it's almost always, like, the man really fucked, you know, if it's, like, an MF couple. Like, the man really fucked up and the woman, like, you know, didn't react in the best way. But, like, you know, isn't entirely unjustified. And then, like, at the end, they're both like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, they both have, like, mutual apologies. And I'm like... I mean, like, I get why she's apologizing, but also, like, I really feel like he needed, <laughs> like, you know, it, 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 these two things are not the same. <laughs> yeah. Her growth is more like, and they really didn't throw this in until, like, the end, but it's more just like, oh, I need to, like, learn to trust my instincts. Like, I need to not doubt yeah, my instincts or whatever, which I'm not really sure how that's related to, like, the Val situation, but. Because, like, her initial instincts about Val was that, like, she liked him and he was good and then she, like, started doubting herself. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was like this, this. I feel like this description so far makes this sound, makes his book sound like pretty angsty. This book had zero angst. There was no, there was never a moment during this book where I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? How are they going to resolve this problem? Like, oh no. Like, despite the fact that this was like a kidnapping mystery, like romantic suspense, never. And you know what? I loved it. Like, I just listened to this book and I was like, no thoughts, just vibes. Like, the entire time. Like, it was really, I was like in a big reading slump and I just like couldn't. Like, I think after Bridgerton season two, I was just like, I cannot take any angst right now. And this book was like perfect. It was just absolutely no angst whatsoever. It was much true. But I mean, there we didn't know what was going to happen. Like, there was definitely, I like, I really like the like mystery thing. I want to read more like this because you get like sort of a double satisfying ending of like both solving the crime and like the romance, the romance ending. But I don't know what you mean. Like, there was as much suspense as like any other i don't know i guess there i don't was know a- there was just maybe it was just me but there was just like never because like there would be like there were like scenes when like val and carol would get in a fight and usually in romance like that sort of lasts for a little bit it has lasting repercussions until the very end when it's finally resolved but it was like val and carol would get in a fight and then like the next page they'd be like <laughs> oh well i understand why she felt that way and like she was just like you know reacting to her insecurities and he was just like you know he's still growing and changing you know what i mean it was just very like yeah. healthy <laughs> And it was just so no angst and I loved it. I will say that it was like very wholesome. And I don't know if it was just the book or partly just the audiobook narrator's voice that made me think this. But I was just like until they actually did – I was just like I cannot see this book containing like sex, period. I just can't see it getting (laughs) raunchy or like steamy in any way. It just seems so like – I don't know, just like chaste. I don't know. I agree. But it was – but even like there – I mean there is explicit sex in this book but even that was like not i wouldn't call this book steamy no no it was very like like, as much as like 
we talked about how Julia Quinn isn't steamy. Like I would say this book is less steamy yes. than Julia Quinn. Yes. This is like the least – I don't know how to describe it. Like The I, least I steam in an explicit sex scene that I've ever – Partly <laughs> like the audiobook narrator's voice just making me think of like – I don't even know what – like a school marm who like is just the epitome of like – I don't know. Something about it. And I don't say – I feel like like – Low steam, no angst is often like those are two like buzzwords that people use to be like, ah, oh, this book sucked. But like they worked really well with this book. Like this book was good because of those things. I was just like, like I felt like I was skipping the whole book, <laughs> like in yeah. a field of flowers with wait, like, wait. a basket. What did you say? No, to- I said like like low angst, low steam. I feel oh, like a yeah. lot, especially in like book talk and bookstagram, like a lot right. of times those are used as like this book wasn't that good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. it But I was like, like, no, like this was just what I needed. Skipping like a rock on a pond. Yeah, I was just hanging out, like just in a field of flowers, vibing, my hair in pigtails, wearing like a selkie dress, you know, know, Julie Andrews and Sound of Music. That's a selkie dress? No, a selkie dress is like, it's like a modern fashion designer. They're like, it's cottage core, like that sort of. Yeah, I see. The peasant sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that vibe. Mm-hmm. That was this book. So if you need a book that's just going to be like no angst. Because yeah, even – I mean I was the whole time I was like – there was never time – I don't know. Because like like there wasn't – so the the premise of it is that their – Caro's friend who is an opera singer and also the fiancé of Val's cousin gets kidnapped at the very beginning. And so – and you don't – they don't find her until the very end. So like the whole time you're like, oh my god, is she okay? Like they're like, oh my god, she could be dead. But I don't know. There was just like never a time. Like even though like – because even – like, it's a romance. I know it's going to have an HEA. I know she's not going to be dead. And But there are still romances where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how can this possibly be resolved? Like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And, like, like even though you know it's going to end well. But right. at this point, there was never yeah. a time, like, in this book where I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, how is this going to be resolved? I was just like, no, they're just, Definitely. like, they're going along. Like, the characters, like, they're just – one step at a time and like then they're going to resolve it and like that was it <laughs> yeah definitely but not every book has that for me like I feel like it's no, notable no, no. when I'm like I really have no idea how this is going to be spun like I mm-hmm. just cannot imagine um I really want this dress they're like expensive but it's $325 <laughs> is it the oh it's anth- dress? oh it's wait wait it's anthropology no it's mm-hmm. the selkie pinafore printed midi dress I don't know I like this oh. random dress that came up okay well, you can if anyone would like later. to buy it for me there's only extra, extra small with our and medium earnings. Left. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh, after taxes, we're earning a like lemonade stand level, level. of our <laughs> lemonade. Not not your typical lemonade stand, but our lemonade our stand. version of a lemonade stand, which were always very lucrative. Except again, not lucrative at all. We're not making. <laughs> yeah. No. We're not about to quit our jobs for TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless. <laughs> Yeah. So this was no book, no angst in this book. And also like this book made me remember, um, it made me remember the word knucklehead. Like I was like, like I, and I just feel like both of these characters, like they're such knuckleheads. Why? And I was just thinking that, like, I don't know. That was just like, that was the vibe. You know what I mean? Like they weren't dummies. They weren't like, I don't know. Like I just halfway through this book, I was like knuckleheads. <laughs> That's what they are. They're knuckleheads. <laughs> So uh, if you want a book with that vibe, this is for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the word I would use, but we go for it. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. Okay. So 
Um, yeah, we also like didn't know Effie. That's the thing. It's like, did you know did Effie more met? from the first book? No. Yeah, she wasn't someone no, that we we were like cared about or were like worried that she was. Well, I mean, that's why it was no angst. I was like, yeah. I don't know yeah. who this person is. She's like an abstract, right. maybe she's dead character, but like she's not. And even when they got rescued, it was like, oh, they're rescued. The next day, let's skip together, like skip a month forward. Right. Everybody's right. healed. Everybody's cool. The right people are in jail. Yeah, like, no angst. <laughs> right, and like Frank, Frank, like he also gets taken, but like. We, he's I, I mean like they entire Frank or FDR. Yeah. yeah, sure. The other person who's taken, they're like constantly casting aspersions on his character. So even though we like have seen him a little bit, it's like I don't really care that much about him either. But yeah, let's let's go. Okay. okay. So yeah. So Effie is an actress. We mentioned that. She's like a famous actress. She's super hot. Like she's like Everyone, the yeah. actress that everybody wants to fuck. And then Frank is her fiance. He's Val's cousin. He's like, you know, he's just kind of like the nephew of a duke though and like he has a history of like going after actresses and his like father has you know because val's dad talked to his brother and was like hey this boy's bringing shame on the family his father has like threatened to cut him <laughs> off if he like kept proposing to every actress that like caught yeah. his fancy or something so the whole time you're like oh you're like, you don't know whether like is this just another situation like that is frank involved like whatever but like never fear again no angst it is true love. Like, how many opera singers or actresses has he tried to marry? Because that's what Val's dad says. He's like, <laughs> he's gonna cut the boy off without a penny if he didn't try to stop or stop trying to marry every op- opera singer or performer he'd become infatuated with. Here's the thing: knowing like Val's dad and how snobby he is, I feel like it's like it was like two. Yeah, <laughs> and like, they're like, oh my god, of, he's it's still kind of a lot of like people you're yeah. trying to marry that ends up not going through, like. I think it was more like he came home. And was if like, I oh my had God, a I nickel, this opera singer, and she was so hot. Yeah. yeah. If I had a nickel for every time my son proposed to an opera singer, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is a little um, weird. Yeah. But yes. So because Effie is Caro's friend and Frank is Val's cousin, they are both involved in solving this crime because Andrew, who is Kate's Scotland Yard husband boy, is like, yeah, they're not going to really care that, like, an actress has been kidnapped. Like, they're really only going to care about the fact that her carriage was stolen. Like, the lost property is more important. Or it's like they're going to assume that she just, like, is so, like, flighty and irresponsible that she just, like, went off on her own, yeah, and ditched Frank. So, yeah, so they have to, like, sort of solve the murder because the police aren't going to do it. Shocker. Yeah. That. Which is a running theme throughout this book is that like the police are incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> With the exception though, of Andrew, yeah. Kate's husband. He is, no, because he's not a policeman. Remember at one point someone refers to him as like policeman and he's like, just so you know, I'm actually a detective inspector. That's like as insulting as if I were to call you a baronet. Like he says that to like a duke. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's just because he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even in the first book, Andrew spends the whole time being like, oh my God. I am surrounded by idiots. Like, he's like, all these people are so incompetent. I don't understand. Yeah. So Val gets like the messenger from Frank asking to come help him. And he doesn't, he's like with his dad at the time. And he doesn't um, want to tell his dad just in case, like, you know, Frank gets cut off. His and dad has like, also just given him a lecture about marrying a respectable lady TM because he's now the heir. He's like, he wanted to decry his father's snobbery, but like always, he knew it would be about as helpful as asking the sun to shine at night. I feel that when you're just like arguing with someone that like yeah no point in even correcting it but then he gets the unexpected messenger and he's like but Val dreaded every unexpected messenger ever since the day of Pierre's accident it's very sad it's very sad but I was also like at this point I was just like I know we're very like the book has barely even started but I just I need Val to get over 
the class expectations and start groveling ASAP. I was like, I'm already oh, tired yeah. of this man's shit. Oh, yeah. He has at this point. So, okay. So we show up. What's her face? Kara sees Val and she's like, what's he doing here? Like, Mary, I don't want him here. We get like a description of Val, including that he's like bulked up since she last saw him and he has, <laughs> quote, cheekbones that could cut glass. And every time I hear that description, I just picture that guy from that Brit- the Peaky Blinders, that guy. Oh, that's, that's like the, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Cheekbones that could cut glass. Like, the, yeah, that's I'm the true. only way to describe it. But also, like, immediately, as soon as Val and Caro are in a room together. There's just like immediate secret pining. Oh yeah, and, like they're just like so. Again, they're knuckleheads. Like they're both like, oh my god. Like I want him slash her so much, but like no, I can't. <laughs> like they're just so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> they're knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and okay. So then, and Val is like immediately, you know, understandably to some extent, his concern is like. Initially, he, he he wants to find Effie, but he's also worried about like bringing Frank, like getting embroiled in like family scandal or whatever. Dishonor and he's on like, you dishonor, dishonor on the cow. cow, yeah. And he's like, how can we be sure the kidnapping wasn't staged? And Kara's like, Effie would never do that. Like, stop slandering her. And Val's like, I'm not saying the kidnapping was staged by Effie. And let me just say, like, how is it – if the person being kidnapped Frank is been, not like, in on it. over the head, yeah, by the way. Frank has been over the head. But listen, if the person being kidnapped is not in on the staging, like, they're just – they're just and he's like, maybe it's for ransom. They're just kidnapping someone for ransom money. That's just run regular run-of-the-mill kidnapping. <laughs> That's not staged. That's just how kidnapping works. Like, what? Who are you staging it with? I've, have we we've I feel like we've had this conversation yeah, before. I said it about, to you when I just when I read it. Oh. I was like, what? <laughs> like like that's how kidnapping works. Yeah. Yeah. He accuses Frank because Frank he's like, well, maybe like you proposed to her and then you realized that it would get you cut off. So you had her kidnapped so that like you could break off like something. Like something convoluted. And Frank, like rightfully, is like, hey, hey, fuck right off. That is the love of my life you are speaking about. And Val has the first of many brain blasts in which she's like, oh, this is what I did to Caroline. I get it now. (laughs) But it only takes him one try. That's the thing. Like, it's immediately like he has the interaction and he has the brain. No angst. No waiting. The man just like these people just are rapid firing coming to conclusions. Yeah, exactly. And then also immediately, like, everyone is on the same page of, like, the, this quote is said in, like, various forms, like, multiple times. Like, in most cases, when a woman is harmed, the culprit is usually either her husband or lover. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, we've read enough of Caro and Kate's column to know. And I'm just glad, like, everyone in this world is, like, on the same page of, like – yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we take the column as gospel. It's, it's good. Yes. Everyone's yeah. like, like the column has like a huge fan base and like they're constantly moving the plot forward because they yeah. write this column. <laughs> yeah. So then they, they all go off their separate ways to like interview and do some investigation. And Val is like, we have to go to the opera to like investigate because that's where like Effie yeah. was last seen. We have to investigate her suitors at the opera. But he's like, I have a genius idea. I'm going to invite Caro to sit in the Duke's box at the opera and I'm going to send the note to her mom so she can't say no. And it's not because I want to win her back or anything. It's just because I want to show her that I'm a changed man. And he's like, you're so stupid. He comes up with this whole convoluted plan and I'm like, 
and doesn't even realize <laughs> a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he tells uh, Andrew or Eversham or whatever, and Eversham's like, uh, "You're about to get your ass whooped for that." Like she's not going to be happy about that. And he's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, when you do that, it like means you want to fucking marry her. Like you don't think her mom is going to be like super into that whole idea?" And he's like, "Uh, so- oh, I, th- I'm just now thinking." In quite a worried way that I might have made an error. (laughs) (laughs) He's so dumb. Oh my god. Meanwhile, he's suffering in his foolishness. And Caro and Caro and Kate. No, Caro and Kate have gone off to interview Julia. Oh yeah. Okay. So Julia Julia's like not really relevant. I don't not really sure what the point is. She's Effie's understudy. They're like briefly like maybe she had Effie kidnapped so like she could whatever. And Julia's like, I don't give a fuck. Like whatever. They're rivals. She's not always her understudy. She's like a big actress in herself. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't really learn anything from this except I think it's just a red herring. Yeah. Well also well, she does tell them that like Effie had a man. Well, we knew from Frank also that there was like a man who was watching Effie like yeah. from a distance in her house and also at the theater and that never really comes back either i guess like you kind no of, i think it's yeah. it's implied to be like one of the people involved in her kidnapping yeah anyway so that doesn't really come to anything meanwhile val goes to hang out in his club with his random aristocratic friend what's his name langham he became more of a character. I didn't expect him to become a big character. Oh, so I, I did. Not his name. <laughs> as soon as he, as soon as he was one of the people that repeated the thing about the column, like knowing like things from the column, I was oh. like, all right, so he's gonna be like, he's a big he's character. A, yeah, exactly. Like oh, I knew he can okay. be the villain. Anyway, yeah, he came and he's like, he's like, I don't know shit. Like even yes, I brought Effie flowers, but like I haven't been to her in a while. And then because he's he was like dating, wasn't he dating like Julie? No, no, no. He was dating like one of Effie's friends. Yeah, at the theater, but like they're they've broken up or whatever. Um, but he says something about Carol. He says something about Carol having like nice tits or something, Mm -hmm. while also like being smart and like writing a nice column. Like it's weird. And Val is ready to like pound him into fucking dust. Like he is ready to whoop this man's ass immediately. And then he's like, oh my God, like what is this? Like I'm just way too feral when it comes he to Woe had to put to he had to stop himself from grabbing the Duke by his neckcloth and shaking him like a dog with a squirrel. <laughs> that is the quote. Strong dog energy there. Val is a terrier for sure. He's like a yeah. hunting dog. But yeah, he's like, but Val's like, oh my God, I almost beat my friend up because of Caro. This, what could this possibly mean? I'm just out of control. Why did I invite her to the opera? Like, it's again, it's not because I want to like win her back. Yeah. Oh my God. This man. <laughs> also, something that we skipped over when Kara was going to see Juliet. Sorry, we, we're going like all over the place in my notes here. Oh, I didn't really but... <laughs> write down a lot of plot. I don't have very many notes. So, like, definitely intervene if I'm skipping well, it. <laughs> yeah. Kara was like going to the theater and there's like a secret back entrance that they're not supposed to go in as members of the public. And she's like, Carol had learned long ago that the secret to gaining entrance to an establishment where one wasn't sure of one's welcome was to simply behave as one had the per- as though one had the perfect right to be. And that's something I also recently learned, like not like more specifically with like food delivery. Like if you ever need to get into a building, all you need to do is bring like a fake food bag and walk in and be like, I'm here with like DoorDash. I have DoorDash for whatever, like apartment 4C. I'm just saying like – or, or not even, like, you just need to, like, walk in and, like, pretend, like, like or a hotel or, like, anything. Like, no one will question you. It's even better no, if you have. Well, yeah. 
you don't even your dasher bag need to have the dasher bag like I know I, I, I used to have a food bag. Dog. No, you That's don't even need to have food yeah. bag. I'm saying I used to walk dogs and this one dog that I walked twice a week, he lived in a building and the the person would never leave me a key. They would leave a key to get into their apartment, but not into the building. So every time I had to like just go down the buzzers and be like, hey, can you let me in? Like I'm a dog walker. And like they these people did not verify <laughs> that I was there to walk. And like I was like I wasn't breaking into random buildings, but like. I could have been God knows who. Oh, I know. Sometimes they verify, but then all you – I mean, you know, if you're going to call, all you, you have to do is be like, oh, actually, like, just pretend to, like, check your app and be like, oh, actually, I, this is the wrong address. Like, sorry. Bye. You know, I think it is very fitting that we're giving people, like, criminal advice while <laughs> talking about, like, a, a romantic crime. <laughs> don't use this for criminal. It's just, like, I don't know when you would use this for, like, legitimate purposes, but – I There's not a single situation I can there think of. There has to be a single situation. What if you're solving a crime and you need to go rescue someone? What about that? Huh? What? <laughs> you're solving a crime. You're Carol and Kate at the end of this book and you need to get into a building – and obviously the pe- – whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Carol and Kate do kind of use yeah. this technique at the end. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll they use it multiple times. End. Yeah. Anyway, um, Carol gets home and her mom is like, oh, my God. Oh, this is amazing. The Duke's son has invited us to the opera. And Carol is like, I'm going to kick this man's ass. I'm going to yeah. put on like, the knife that I keep in my boot at all times that I definitely have on me in my pockets because she mo- – multiple times she's like, my dress has pockets. And yeah. I'm going to cut this man's dick off. She's like, yeah. oh, my God. Fuck him. And, like, this whole time you're like, yep. We've been <laughs> waiting for this. And, like, a constant refrain is that, like, Caro is, quote, unquote, impulsive. But, like, Val isn't. Like, you know. And I I don't know. I feel like that was more talk than, like, action. Because I feel like Val does, like, a bunch of impulsive things. And, like, Caro doesn't really. Like, because she's like, yeah, he must. Like, there's no way he could have. This could have just, like, slipped out. Like, he's definitely trying to, like, punish me or whatever. Or, like, annoy me by doing this. But yeah, it's always just like, oh, Kara's so impulsive. But like, when is she impulsive? I don't know. This book was very much, and I and like again, I think this was like the low angst thing as well. Like, th- there really wasn't a lot of internal characterization in this book. It was very much like I feel like plot driven rather than character driven. Oh, but that's it. No, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying like, okay, sure, sure. I just mean like in this specific thing, this is something they would say, but like wasn't really borne out in the plot. I didn't think. I mean, I just don't think there was room for that in the structure of the book. I don't think there was room for us to like get extraneous scenes and what, I don't know. Mm. I guess she does like go, she does like go like, yeah, and wait, I guess she's it's like her learning to, like, to trust her instinct. very impulsive. <laughs> oh, that's true. In the next scene. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, never mind. All right. Also, Caro has a wacky cat. Um, yes. His, an ill-behaved cat. His name is Ludwig. Yeah. He lets out meows like human babies. That's, <laughs> well, that's a direct that's, quote. That's, that's, that's all cats. That's why they meow. No, that's, they. Yes. But, but like it sounds like specifically in the book, she walks in, the cat meows, and the like per- other person in the room is like, oh my God, it sounds like a human baby. <laughs> well, the specific – yeah, the, apparently something about the breed of this cat makes them like yowl a lot because her mom's like, can't you shut it up? And Kara's like, you know it's just his nature. Like he can't help it. That's just how he is. Why would you want to stifle Ludwig's laus? Yowls. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, I, I really love the, 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 the trope of the cat, the cat that likes no one, like mm-hmm. no one else except for like – it's mistress. Oh, and it also likes like Flora, who's like Kate's assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that's it. Like the cat yeah. does not like anyone. Kate's like, I let the or Kara's like, I let the rumble of his purr soothe me. So Kate and her mom have like a heart to heart. 
And Kara's like, yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I've always just been like super against my mom's whole thing of like having me marry really well, but I've never really like told her why. (laughs) I was just like so annoyed with her. Yeah. She's like, wow, maybe that's a conversation that I should have had at some point before I was like 29 and like fully an old (laughs) I'm like, God. Yeah, Caro, probably. Uh, But they also have the conversation. She's like, oh, no, Papa used to talk about business with me all the time, but he doesn't anymore. And the mom is like, I asked him not to because... It was like getting in the way of your marriage prospects, but also like she's still going to inherit everything, which is great. Like it's like very clearly like, yes, she gets the whole tin making factor. It doesn't make any sense. I did did not understand this conversation because yeah, her mom's like, oh, the reason I wanted you to marry so well is because your dad was like lowborn and, you know, he would never say this, but he's always thought that like I could have married royalty if I wanted to and that – if you like you could have married royalty if it wasn't for him like holding you back and then yeah and then she says that the thing about like telling asking the dad to stop discussing the manager- managerial aspects of the business with caro and it didn't make any sense because he was like she's like yeah the more he shared with you and realized how clever you are the more fearful he's become he wants more than anything for you to be happy and to his mind that means securing a husband who won't hold his pedigree against him it just didn't. It just didn't add up. It was a lot of words that didn't make I, any sense. Okay, so I think like her husband doesn't I want her to be smart and clever. No, like, it was. I think it was more like he was like the dad because she was like, I asked the dad to stop telling you about it, like for the dad. It wasn't for you. What does that have to do for? It doesn't make sense. Be, because no, no, the sentence before that is like your father would be perfectly happy for you to stay independent and run the business, and then right after that, it's like your dad thinks that in order to be happy, you need a, a husband who like is fine. She just thinks. I think it's more like he wants you to have the freedom to like choose a husband and he feels like the fact that he's like this low born because his Caro's mom was also like she's like a lady she's like the daughter of an earl or something like she's an aristocrat but I think it like he I think it's like from the dad's perspective he's like I'm talking to her about the business all the time she's super interested in the business she's like super smart and like I'm encouraging her to like do that in front of other people and, like, she's just now – she's getting, like, more and more independent and so it's more and more difficult for her to, like, fit into the world where she already has, like, a disadvantage because of me. It's very convoluted. No, it's very sexist. It, it's very, like – it's very spun as, like, supposed to be, like, heartwarming, but it's actually just, like, your husband wouldn't want you to be competent. That'll lower no. your chances of getting a husband if you're yeah. competent and know how to run the business and if you're too, like, informed. I can't see any other way to spin it. I don't know. I read this, like, two weeks ago, so I think there's probably some nuance that I'm forgetting. But I don't remember being – I wrote down, like, like, all the exact yeah, okay. quotes. I'm not seeing it. It doesn't make sense. It's said in a way as if it's, like, Kara's at first, like, a little bit outraged – or not as outraged as she should be. A little bit outraged and then, like, by the end, it's, like, oh, she gets it. But, like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, the, the Kara, like, tries to explain to the mom that, like, Val doesn't want to marry her and that's not why he invited them. And the mom's, like, no. She just, like, lays them all. She was like, I will not let you spoil my pleasure in this, Caroline. Whatever you suspect may be the reason behind the Viscount's invitation, you will keep it to yourself until tomorrow. <laughs> Tonight, we will dress in our finest gowns and papa in his finest evening suit. And we will go enjoy sitting in a duke's private box. <laughs> Get the spelling. I just love that. Yeah, she's like, you know what? Save it, save it. Just like shove it. Don't be a fucking buzzkill. Right, right. Like this is like the highlight of my. I I was gonna play Yahtzee all night, and now I get to go look at hot people in the opera and have other people looking at me and have hot hot people look at me. Yeah, particularly. Yeah. However, (laughs) they show up at the opera, and who but the Duke and Duchess are are there? 
Yeah. And nobody could have seen this coming. <laughs> yeah. And they go up and Val like sees that there's already like a, a servant or something like waiting outside. And he's like, that's weird. They normally wouldn't send them up until later. And then like this when he, he they're like the Duke, Duke and Duchess are inside and Carol like sees his face for a second and he's like, you know, blanches or whatever. And she's like, I believe the phrase is hoist with your own petard. Or is it boiled in your own pudding? <laughs> she's like, what? He's like, you're dumb. What if there weren't enough seats? Like, why didn't he check? I don't understand. Like, what if like how many seats are in a box? I don't know. I think you can fit like six people, definitely. I'm basing this purely off of our recent watch of the Gilded Age. It's yeah. the same time period. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming True. it's the same setup. <laughs> yeah. In these boxes. I guess so. Is it the same yeah. time period? Yes. Yes, I know. I kept forgetting. I'm like 99 percent sure this takes place during like, like the 1870s or something. Hmm. I could be very wrong. It definitely didn't give me Regency era vibes. I like. I feel like the default is like Regency era in my head. I okay. Here's my thing. This was definitely something that I was wondering as I was reading, and I meant to fact check it, and then I never did. Yeah, <laughs> so I figured. I, I'm thought like about pretty it and I was like, sure. Well, there, he's Allison like a tin, will tell me. He's like a manufacturer. The fact that yeah, my dad is tin, like yeah. a man of business. I'm like, okay, so this is like Victorian era mm-hmm. at the very least. Maybe it's a little bit pre Gilded Age, but I'm like, okay, it's definitely Victorian era. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's very awkward. Val's parents are snobbish, and then, um. He stands up to his dad for her, like kind of. Like he's like, don't fucking insult my lady friend, papa. I forget exactly what he says. But I'm just like, Val is just like so, he's like so cute and like proud of himself. Like as he's like, wow, like good for me. Like I stood up to get my papa. Like now Caroline is smiling. And also she looks so pretty in her dress. Well, it's weird because, yeah, he's like with her father seated next to him in the carriage. He hadn't been able to take in the exquisite totality of her appearance. It's weird because his mom, Val's mom, when she when we she walks in, Val's like, oh my gosh, I see her face. She's obviously drawing the wrong conclusions. Like the implication being that he wants to marry her because he's like, she's like, smiling. I definitely don't want to marry her. That's right. definitely not true. But then, but then right after that, the mom like subtly disses the family by like pretending not to recognize them, even though they have met before at least like multiple times. And Val's like, yeah, I recognize that as like the subtle dig it is. But then right after that, the Duchess is like right back on her train of like, I want Val to marry like literally whoever. Like this Carol girl seems like a great choice. <laughs> Carol <girl>. Um <laughs> And I just don't know. It's just like it seems like a random out of character moment. I yeah, I wasn't sure because this is the first time we meet the mom, and like before, the only only thing we know about the mom is that the dad is like, oh, you, like your mom has like a list of like eligible mm-hmm. debutantes or whatever. Like your mom just wants you to get married. So I don't really and like the rest of the time, like the mom is never snobbish again. You know what I mean? The rest right, of the that's time, what she's I mean. Like super so chill. Random. She's like even like the for the rest of the book, she's like yeah, yeah like great Caroline so I I wonder whether that's like a moment in which Val is like making assumptions yeah about his mom because of his preconceived notions you know yeah. he's like overcorrecting in a way he's like oh all of my family are like snobbish jerks and so like I have to like immediately assume the worst of them yeah, whereas I mean, like, like I don't know yeah yeah it was just weird I think because this whole book is Val like I think learning nuance a little bit he's like <laughs> oh my god like situations aren't all black and white that's crazy <laughs> well caro too it's like mirrored in caro yeah. she has that exact same she has that exact thought of like well it's more she's like i have a tendency to see things in black and white and i always thought that was a weakness but maybe my weakness is not like believing my instincts on that and i should actually see things in black and white and like go with whatever i think well like, maybe it's like caro's like too doubting yeah. 
Yeah, I don't she's know. like two down. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, so she has to correct in the opposite direction. They mm. both have to. They have to blend together in order to create yeah. the perfect balance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Anyway, Caroline sneaks backstage. She, like, follows a man with flowers backstage, and then she, like, flirts her way in. And she's like, you all, you knaves, Effie's not here. She's been kidnapped. And there's a drunk man, and he's like, oh, my God, where is Effie? And then he, like, falls on her or something. And Mm. then, like, Val hears her scream. And he's like, dun, 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 dun. (laughs) He's just, like, like, fucking, like, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible running down this hallway, like, like, he's like, get off of her, you knave. And the fan club in general is just like absolutely feral. Like, Carol yeah. walks in and they're like, where's Effie? Where? Like, you're just a bunch of middle school boys. Yeah. This is where I wrote IDK what you mean about no tension because there's definitely some tension. There's definitely some pining too because he's like, yeah, he's like, you're frozen. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're frozen. I was on my just screen. sitting still. No, you're still frozen on my screen. Oh. You're in a blurred position. So I know you can't be holding it like that. <laughs> wait i'll take a picture i'm just vibrating at like a at a very like fast (laughs) rate so you think that (laughs) sneaky um yeah the flash that's yeah i'm like the flash (laughs) so yeah he rescues her but then her dress has like gotten ripped so um that's kind of scandalous she doesn't have anything to fix it with she takes out one of his like pins i was unclear what like clothing this came from but she takes it out and like he has to help her yeah he has to like do it for her so we have the classic tension of like you know pining man i'm I'm touching he's like i can almost touch yeah he's like i can feel her warmth which you would never get in anything but historical (laughs) it's true it's true you just can't get that kind of shit in places where people can just touch you casually (laughs) um but yeah so they interrogate the 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 drunk man and carol's she like tells val she's like lift him up and so I can interrogate him. And Val is like, I'm not a footman who like who you can just order around. But then he just like immediately does it. He's like, but I will. I'm I'm lifting him up because I want to, not because you told me to. <laughs> also, this whole time he keeps pissing Carol off and he's like, well, like. I like to piss Carol off because, like, then at least she's talking to me. Yeah. And it's just such a, like, middle – it's, like, such – it's Gilbert Blythe pulling Anne Shirley's, like, pigtail, <laughs> like, in their first meeting. And then her turning around and smashing her, like, her school plate over his head and him immediately falling in love with her. Like, that's <laughs> – this, this dynamic is so Anne Shirley and Gilbert Blythe. Oh, like, my 100%. God. Yeah, because she's constantly, like, snapping at him and he's like, wait, what did you say? I, I was distracted by your scent. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Lilies. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> – So they're like questioning – Rao's like <laughs> – Sorry, what do they question the man about? Before that, when he's like running to rescue her, Rao's like, he'd, he'd never behave with more rashness in his entire life than he had today. Perhaps he was sickening with something. And I was just like, yeah, sickening with love. You have rabies. That's what you have. Like, you're, you've been infected love rabies. with love rabies. <laughs> yeah, because when oh, when he's doing that, I got to that point. I, I guess the, the, the cravat pin thing is like actually after they interrogate him. But like as she's putting it on, he's like, first of all, he has the thought where he wants to lick her exposed skin. So like it's not even just like, oh, I, I like I'm touching her. It's like I literally want to fucking 
Like he's a dog. <laughs> he's such he's such a dog. And then he's also like, I can't touch her without creaming in my pants. Oh my Why god. am I so feral? He's like, oh my god, like I can't. Anyway, yeah. So they suspect. So they interrogate the guy, and they all they find out is like one more suspect, whose name is Lord Tate. The guy mm-hmm. is like, yeah, Lord Tate and her like got in a fight or something because mm-hmm. like Lord Tate asked her to be his mistress, and she was like, no. But then you, if you thought that the ripped dress was just for licking thoughts and sexual attention <laughs> think again dear listener because surprise surprise they get discovered by both their parents as soon as they walk yep. out the door <laughs> yep because well no because no because they know they're going to get discovered but for some reason she's like oh yeah i'll just tell them i tripped i tripped and yeah. fell into val's arms and that'll they'll totally believe that and for some reason like nothing has changed about the scenario it's not like it's an unexpected scenario they walk into it's just like they immediately realize that it's not gonna work no well it's also because they walk out and mm. one of um caro's dad's business partners is like oh my god your daughter's a fucking slut and she's like, nobody calls me a slut in front of my papa and makes my papa feel bad. Guess what, bitch? I'm engaged. And Val is like, I was thinking the same thing. I was literally going to say that <laughs> same lie. I was going to say yes, but why are you saying this? Um, <laughs> well, no, because he, he like, yeah, he threatens to like stop doing business with the dad, and she and, and um, Kara's like, oh, this could like ruin our whole business and she's also like she has like a moment she's like she'd always faulted Val but for the first time she recognized that perhaps his behavior had come not from a place of aristocratic snobbery but family loyalty and she's like hopefully he can forgive me forgive her when she sacrificed both of their future happiness with her next words and I was like hey. she's like she likened herself to Lady Macbeth and then is like we're engaged and I'm like yeah Val is not she's so she spends like the next this was honestly the most angst yeah where she just spends the next chapter being like oh no i've doomed us to a fate of miss it's very anthony bridgerton and kate sheffield in the book because like she's like oh no like he doesn't actually love me like i've trapped him in marriage and then val is like well if i have to like uh (laughs) who oh i wouldn't technically didn't want to get married but like i might as well so for romance novel purposes this like you know, was good, but also Caro jumping the gun after like one critic. I feel like that's something you should always resist the urge to do. Like impulsive. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But like, I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like that's happened like many times, like someone, like the first person to like comment on something says something mean and you're like, you're tempted to like throw out the entire thing. But then like after that, everyone else is supportive, you know? It makes a little bit more more data in, in historicals, I think, because it really was like one comment could like ruin your fucking life. Mm mm. Whereas, like, in contemporaries, yeah, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, like, you know, try to mitigate the, the circumstances a little bit before. I just mean in general in life, like, don't – at least, like, wait for, like, more haters before you consider, like, changing your course of action. <laughs> I can't – I immediately – like, I, I too <laughs> – One hater like does not dog. cancel out. Yeah, one hater does not cancel out Europe, yeah. You're ready to fight at a moment's notice. (laughs) So yeah, then they announce it and Val's like, oh, I'm so glad that Caroline decided to put me out of my misery and make me the happiest of men, which is like the first of the several direct quotes from Pride and Prejudice, although this is a Mr. Collins-y thing, I feel like. (laughs) So it's an interesting choice. Mr. Darcy might say it. That might just be like common phrasing, honestly. No, I think it's the happiest of men. Yeah. And then they're just like laughing. They just like (laughs) – they're like – like Kara's like, oh, it has been my fondest, long been my fondest wish to put you out of your misery. And then they just both start like, I feel like they're just like snickering into their hands <laughs> the entire time in front of her mom. 
<laughs> and then her mom says, like, I guess the, I guess it's a running joke that the, that the mom has like weird like phrases that she uses, and she's like, oh, like hopefully we'll all be in our finest fettle at the wedding, and like, <laughs> and Val's like, I endeavor to show your daughter only my finest fettle. <laughs> and her just like snickering. <laughs> Yeah. So they all they're all like, oh, congratulations. And then like Val goes up to his papa and there isn't like his papa's not a dick again. But there's definitely the moment where like where it's essentially I I don't think they actually hug, but like they hug and then like Val whispers in his dad's ear and it's like, I'll I'll kill you. Yeah. I'll kill you (laughs) if you insult her one more. Like, see if I fucking don't. And later on, he is like, hey, listen, if you're ever mean to Caro, I will cut contact with you. And also you will never meet our children. Like, I am ready. This man, again, the rabies has infected his brain. He's fully (laughs) feral now. (laughs) But then like you were saying, the dad is like immediately apologetic as soon as he realizes like how serious it is. He's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm no, like I'm sorry. Like immediately is like, oh, I guess I'm just like not keeping up with the times, like whatever. Yeah, there's like no, again, there's no end. The dad is like, oh, like, because it is like the dad is like, you know what? Like I have lost one son. I'm not interested in losing the other. I'm not going to be a fucking dick about it. Like if my son wants to marry this girl, then he's going to marry this girl. I'm like, I don't care yeah and that's something that i feel like well i mean obviously it's a book but like i feel like in real life the parents would be a lot more fucked up for like a lot longer if their son had died even in other romance like that is usually a plot line that continues until the end of the book if it's ever resolved right you know what i mean like the the snobbish shitty dad is like a very like that's yeah that's the romance hero bread and butter i can't think of a single time it's been resolved like I feel like it either the dad like was shitty in the past and is now dead or like is still shitty and continues to be shitty. Like that's never I can never think of a time. And I can think of okay, one in um Sarah McLean's McLean's uh Rogue Not Taken, where the the dad like told him not to marry the girl and like tried to pay her off and then she dies in the carriage accident and so he spent the whole time like hating the dad and being like I'll never have children which is also like the romance hero brother oh mother. yeah and it turns and out then at the it. end like they make up so yeah so they're like okay so it's like after the proposal or after, you know not no proposal just engagement <laughs> no thoughts just vibes and like they're in the carriage together they get the mom to let them have like some time in the carriage alone which like would that ever would that be something that'd be like allowed? Like even if they are engaged, like yeah, I don't, whatever. Victorian era, especially like when he's like a future duke. Yeah. yeah, and then they're like about to start fighting, but then also Kara's like, "Oh, I just want to make out." But then I, I forget which one of them says this. They're like, "Oh, in the past, they just like avoided difficult conversations with physicality. Yeah. We need to stop doing this that." Is, and- this is Val. Yeah, Val is the thing. He's like, <laughs> you know, we like made out a lot before, and like maybe that wasn't the best decision to like never have like serious conversations, and like maybe we should do that now. Maybe we should have the hard conversations. Yeah. At the same time, he's being a fucking dumbass, and he's like, "Oh, I- I'm just marrying you for honor." Like he's like acting like it's just like honor, and so Caroline thinks that she's like. She's like, yeah, no, we definitely, like, we have to, like, it's okay. Like, I'll get us out of this. And Val is like, no, no. And then she's also like, we need to talk about the past. And she's like, I don't want to talk about the past. And he's like, you're a coward. And I'm like, good. I love when people call each other cowards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. It's always like, yeah. Anyway, then, but then again, same scene. Two pages later, they're like, no, we will be engaged and we will be making out. (laughs) no this is not drawn out at all immediately resolved (laughs) (laughs) yeah so okay so next day next day she shows up and she's like bitch my friend is still missing we need to go investigate and she shows up 
she is at the door. She's come in her little phaeton and ponies. Not actually. She's come in like, I don't know, her fancy like racing yeah. carriage. And she she tapped her riding crop against her leg or where her leg would be if ladies had such extremities, which propriety said one should never, ever acknowledge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, what? That's a great line. <laughs> like on one end, he's like, oh my God, I'm she has a fucking riding crop and I'm so fucking horny like for her riding crop <laughs> and her leg. But on the other hand, it's like, LOL, but ladies don't have legs, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the butler doesn't let her in the house originally. Like he comes up and he's like, hey, uh, Val, there's this like girl outside and she says, you're engaged, but, like, obviously, I don't believe her because you would have told me. Like, I, the butler just, like, lays on the guilt so thick. He's like, you would never have done something this important without telling me, dude. I've known We've you. We've known each other. Like, I changed your fucking diapers. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would never yeah. do this to me, right? Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't even let her, like, inside. Like, he's not even, like, oh, come in the sitting room and just, like, wait. He's just, like, no. Like, slams it. I'm just picturing it's, like, raining. He slams it on her face. She's just, like, has to, Are like, stand me? outside, like, tapping her riding crop. Yeah. <laughs> she's like ready to beat this butler's ass yeah but i get it she's like a single woman this is like a bachelor's residence like it wouldn't have even been appropriate for her to wait in the sitting room and so, well, isn't it even more scandalous to like no. be out on the street and someone can see her well he, i guess he expected her to leave <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah no like, but no she him not letting her inside is definitely not like a historical anachronism like that's like valid <laughs> that checks out and Mel's like oh sorry dude like it is actually her so they let her inside and the butler does not let this go no again like this is like one of the only pieces of angst that continues throughout the whole book like literally until like the the very end the butler's like yeah I just you know he would never not tell me something important like that like just nonstop every scene this man is in and I I aspire to hold a grudge that would like be that petty yeah oh my god so then we have this like little monologue for Val about how like so I guess so this house used to be Piers and his wife his brother Piers and his wife Cynthia's house and he's like yeah most of the furnishings have been chosen by Piers and Cynthia and so like you not only kick this poor widow this poor woman out of her house your sister-in-law out of her house you didn't even let her keep any of her stuff like well, what none of it was hers i know but still it just seems like very like it was stingy. weird they were like yeah cynthia was off with her parents yeah and i was like oh it's weird that she's living with it but also where like, would I she go know. i guess where would she go yeah where else would she go like she can't like what is she gonna live by herself like i'm sure she has some sort of like money widow's dowry money. yeah she gets like some sort of like and you get to keep your dowry no <laughs> like I thought you said the money was for their like pocket money. That's what technically the purpose of the dowry is for, but that doesn't mean you get to keep it. It's not yours anymore. Well, before like, you, but it's it gets absorbed into the estate. That's that's the yeah. purpose of the dowry. I don't know. No, I'm sure she got some sort of annuity. We never meet Cynthia. But oh, that was how because Cynthia invited Caro to her wedding. And that yeah, exactly. was like that so, was how Val and Caro met. Pierce was like, oh, Cynthia's thrown a good party, but like she'll she'll need to learn to not like invite like trash like Caro. Yeah. Well, so they're they're school friends. And before this, there was some, I forget, like Caro's like, oh, I'm so sorry about your brother, or like, I'm sorry for Cynthia or something. And Pierce is like, or uh Val is like, wow, like even though we were so snobby to her, even though Pierce was so snobby to her, she can still feel sympathy for his widow. 
And I was just like, "What? Do you, that's her school friend. Like, why wouldn't she feel sympathy? <laughs> what? It's not, this, nothing to do with Peers. Like, what? And like, also, so just weird. because Peers was like a snobbish dick doesn't right. mean she was, she's glad that he's dead. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? I know. It very. It was. It felt very like Anthony Bridgerton where he's like, wow, Kate and Edwina actually do love each other. Sisters aren't like just competitive. Other people can have siblings they care about it's not just me i (laughs) thought it was just me that could love people like anyway so so this is this this book definitely like i caro didn't get really give me kate vibes but val definitely gave me anthony bridgerton like book anthony and even show anthony bridgerton vibes just like like feral oblivious but with much less angst like a much less angsty version of anthony bridgerton um so he's thinking about like how the house is all picked up by cynthia and he's like and then he, he was like, I'm shocked by how much I care if, like, Carol likes it. He's like, I realized he, he would quite possibly be willing to tear the whole place down and rebuild it, should she ask. <laughs> Knucklehead. Yeah. And also, okay, so also when the butler came in and was like, it's your fiance, at this point, I for, I was, like, confused. I was like, is Frank there, too? Because Frank hasn't, like, gone missing yet. And I was like, I thought it was going to be Effie at the door because you had like built it up as like there's no suspense. And I was like, wait, is Effie just going to like show up and be like, I've been on holiday this whole time? (laughs) (laughs) No. Like, I, I didn't say no suspense. I said no angst. No, you said no suspense. I never felt – my heart was never like in knots. Like my stomach was never in knots about what was going to happen in this book. I don't know. Yeah. For me, it was different because there was suspense in the term in the terms I was like, oh no, what's going to happen with Effie? You know what I mean? But I wasn't like, ups- I wasn't angsty about it. Right. There like, it was how you react to the suspense. I didn't yeah. have like the emotional reaction to the suspense that I might otherwise have had. And yeah. that's why I was like, again, no thoughts, just vibes. <laughs> so <laughs> Carol and Val are talking and Carol has a thought of like, she's like, wow, there's so few men I know that could keep up with the rapid pace of her thoughts and even fewer who share her appreciation for brisk conversation. <laughs> she's like, wow, everyone's like too fucking – so annoying. Like they can't Everyone's too my- stupid for me and like <laughs> yeah. finally someone too who can slow. keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's driving like a maniac. Yeah, they hop in her like little racing thing to go talk to the suspect and she just like fucking guns it. Like this bitch yeah. is street racing in fucking Mayfair. Yeah. Also, Val's like, oh, shouldn't I drive for some reason? And she's like, she's like, no, like you need to like prove that you are capable of driving. But then later, like after they come out, she's like, oh, you can drive now. And he's like, oh, like you, I thought you like weren't sure if I could handle it. And she was like, no, I just wanted to fuck with you. But like now I have better, I have like other things to worry about. So like I'm over that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so so they go talk to lord tate because he's the suspect val starts his trend of being like all these misogynistic men will feel more comfortable and will be more likely to talk if um, i talk to them alone without caro so she he like they like send caro to like go sit in the sitting room by herself and eat some delicious vanilla lemon and cinnamon like cookie trays very delicious i was like this sounds much better to me like i would much <laughs> yeah, rather be exactly doing this. <laughs> so yes yeah, so and then val talks to tate yeah and tate's like yeah no i wanted to be my mistress but like for right now she's choosing that you're like loser cousin but obviously she'll choose me in the end because like why would she pick a duke over why would she pick a cousin of a duke or whatever over a duke he bought her a house he already bought a house for her to live in like we learned that here too as well but he's like no i have an alibi i was in brighton this whole time like mm-hmm. the whole the day that she was kidnapped like it's whatever but you should you should look into the duke of langham 
Langley. And Val is like, oh my God, it's the second time he's been implicated. I can't believe I let him go, even though I wanted <laughs> he's to punch like, him before. Yeah. And he's like, Val tried to comprehend how Langley had time to manage interests, however shallow, for three different women. He could barely manage one. <laughs> it's like, how does this dude have time to be like, you know, so in his wild oats? Oh, women guys are like, God. yeah. <laughs> and so meanwhile, Caro is like eating her snacks and she convinces the maid who delivers them to like sit and talk with her. So she gets the scoop. And the, the only thing she really gets is that the maid also confirms that um, Tate was allegedly in Brighton because they're – uh, she's like, oh yeah, he brought back like sweets. They were visiting his wife's sister. He brought back like sweets for the the kids, the the young. I don't know what little yeah, ones, whatever. like a servants. So you think Tate's alibi has been verified? Yeah, and then she invites the girl to come to their like salon. Yeah, because she get to her to their book club because she she gets her to tell her the information because she's like, oh, you know that um column that. And, and the I girl's like, that. oh, it's it's not as shocking. When she first says it, she's like, it's not as shocking as others I've read. Like, it's it's middle grade, but. <laughs> she's like, I've read better, but like still a fan. We get another repetition of like the first place to look when a girl turns up dead is the other side of her bed. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Just hammer at home. Yeah. So it's like just like you know, on, the, most per- the person most the likely to attack a woman is her significant other. <laughs> so then they go to Effie's housekeeper, who's like her like BFF, like chill old lady that lives with Effie, like they're tight. And Effie's housekeeper is like, I found a mysterious burned letter in the grate. And I also found a letter from Frank. In which Frank basically implies that they broke up or whatever. Yeah. And we're on or we're on the verge of breaking up. Or he, she, she wanted to leave him for jealous. another man. But she yeah. wanted to leave him for another man. Which that never comes back. Yeah. No, I think it does because it's okay. I mean, spoiler okay, alert. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll I always say it. spoiler alert as if like this whole fucking like as if we're not eventually going to talk about it, as if there's going to be like a point in this recap in which I'm like not going to give spoilers. Right. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Anyway, so so we're like, oh, no, maybe Frank did is involved. But also on the mysterious burned letter, we found like part of a seal that has what is it like a fox on it or something yeah, like, yeah, like a, they're like, oh, my God, we have to investigate like who belongs to this crest. Yeah. Speaking of other loose threads, Caro tells Val, because the the pastries were so good at Tate's house, she's like, if you ever have the chance to poach this man's cook, you should take it. And I was like, wow, this better happen. But then it doesn't happen. It doesn't fucking happen. They just have like their own jolly cook, whatever. She is. And who uses Caro's? Caro's writes cookbooks. By the way, just keep that in mind. Tuck oh yeah, that's relevant. Caro is like was like a famous cookbook author before she like started her crime column. So yeah, so then they're like, all right, time to go confront fucking Frank, who stays. I really liked this little historical tidbit, which was interesting because I thought this thing only existed in the Regency era, but again, I think this is in the Victorian era. Anyway, it's like this house. It's like this like apartment complex in London that was like for super fancy men, but like the super fancy men who couldn't afford to buy their own homes and like they're single men and like no ladies were allowed inside like, yeah. ever. Like no ladies whatsoever allowed inside. Which is so weird. It was very weird. It was like a very bros club. But anyway, I was like, wow, I like this little historical tidbit. But I think he's dropped Carol off at home. Yeah. Because yeah. like Carol has to go home. So so Val shows up at Frank's house. They talk about the wedding for a little bit and they're talking about how Kara wants a small wedding. Like she doesn't want the elaborate wedding that her mom probably wants. And can I just say that Val respects her wanting a small wedding? 
Edward Cullen, take notes. <laughs> and also at one point, Kara's like, oh, yeah, why shouldn't we have a small wedding? Like, neither of our parents think it's a love match. And then she's like, she could have sworn his eyes darkened. And that's just like, I don't know. There's so many different – eyes darkening can mean anything in these books. It can mean it's so reaction. many things. Yeah, reaction. Exactly. To anything. It can mean jealousy. It can mean you're like – you know, the hots for someone. It can mean like other things. That I'm, can't. Yeah, you're, you're upset. Like, it can mean – Angry, like so many different things. You just use context clues. In this case, I think it I means know, he's upset slash angry slash hurt. Because he's sure. like, it is a love match for me, even though I haven't admitted it yet. No, I get it. I'm just saying, what does that even mean? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. He shows up at Frank's frat and who is there as well but Andrew. And they go upstairs and they're like, hey, Andrew's like, hey, by the way. like His name's not – he's never referred to as Andrew in the book. It's ever I'm shown. calling him Andrew I because know, that's what he was referred to in the first book. Sure, but if you only read this book, you're not going to know who the fuck Andrew is. Okay. He is called Andrew Eversham. sometimes. I, I that's how I wrote that down. I would not have I didn't know how to spell Eversham. It's – what? There's only like Be one quiet. way to spell Eversham. Be quiet. Eversham. Again, no thoughts, just vibes during okay, this whole book. I'm just saying. I didn't know his name. Spelling includes thoughts. <laughs> anyway. So Valen, Eversham, rolling up. And Eversham was like, yo, we found the kidnappers. Except that we found one of them dead in the fucking house. <laughs> so uh, that's mysterious. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and then they go up and they find that Frank has been kidnapped. And his apartment is ransacked. And then they find a letter, a stack of letters in his cousin's, in, in Frank's apartment. That implies Effie may be the secret heir to some sort of fortune. And this is where, mm-hmm. like, we found out Effie was raised by, like, this really strict, I don't know, Anglican vicar. priest and his wife. Yeah. yeah, vicar, that thing. They have a million words. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> do establish. <laughs> you, you, There's yeah. so many words. Anything we want. God, man. <laughs> And his wife, who were super strict, but she was actually, she was like dropped off in an inn near Brighton. And it's like implied that like she was like actually the bastard child of like some sort of like rich mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And so she may like be a secret heir. So she wouldn't be like inheriting any estates or anything, but she probably has like a, what did they call it? It was like, it's like a, like a thing. Like there was like a word that they An used. auntail? No, no. Like a, a bequest? Bequest? Yeah. Like yeah, a bequest. bequest. Yeah. Like that. And they're like, oh, the plot thickens. Yeah. So can I also just say, so at this point, I can't remember. I guess he already talked to Langham. But I – No, he like, hasn't yet. No, okay, they're about okay. to go. Okay. Because Tate was like – that's Tate implicates Langham mm. by being like, yeah, I saw him. I was, for no reason whatsoever, outside Effie's house watching it at dawn one day. Right. And I saw Langham leaving at dawn one day, like looking very smug. Yeah. And I was sure, like, at this point, I was like, all right, either this whole thing is, like, one big Frank Effie, like, kink thing that they've, like, set up, (laughs) or or it's the good old classic Schitt's Creek-related romantic fake-out, which, let me explain, it's when you, like, see a man with, like, a woman, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, he's having an affair, like, it's it's not his – like wife or girlfriend or whatever like who is that woman like he he kissed her on the cheek oh my god they hugged and it turns out that it's like his relative of some sort like that's why they're together and i was like oh my god shit's creek that's like way before i know i know i know i know i just most recently saw in shit's creek like whatever but so that's what i was like all right effie is like related to some nobility we got langham looking suspicious and going to see her he's definitely gonna be her like half brother or something like that's what's going on no I know. I know it wasn't that. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I know. I'm, yeah. No, I'm, I'm informing our listeners that that yeah. is a good theory but wasn't in fact the case. Mm-hmm. So now Val is like, fuck this shit. Langham is suspicious as shit. Time mm-hmm. to go confront him. And if I happen to need to beat him up, you know, that 
not exactly a bad thing because I still want to beat him up for talking about Caro's tits that one time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I should have just beat him up when I didn't even have a good enough yeah. when I only had when I only had one reason. Like yeah. So he rolls up and he's like, What the fuck? You said you didn't know Effie, but you definitely did. You were at his house. And Langham is like, bro, I am not a narc, but I guess because she's been kidnapped, I will spill some tea. Um, she was asking me for legal help because I'm a duke and, like, you know, I have more power and can, like, look things up easy, more easily. And he, I was looking for her birth parents because she suspected she'd inherited something and wanted to know what happened if, like – the real like the the like heir already inherits like whether she still like gets her inheritance and like legal advice and like he's basically like yeah it was enough money to kill over so they're mm-hmm. like oh my god effie could be dead and then caro like almost passes out from that because <laughs> like the way he says it and they give her like yeah. whiskey yeah 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 that she drinks the whiskey and she's like oh like she just like gags and then she's like what the fuck i saw you drink this whole thing like whole and he's like been, like I have spent the last decade up building up it. an immunity to Iogen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, another way that we're sh- I'm sure at least that Langley is going to be the hero of the next book is that we learn that he has quote overlong hair and like there's no reason oh, yeah. to give a, ca- a historical character that unless they're going to be like the bad boy like hero oh, of the next for one. sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's also supposed to be like a slut, but also like he meets Flora and they immediately have enemies to lovers vibes, and so it's well, like- no, no. Well, there was an off screen they'd met before. Like there was an off screen interaction that I bet we're going to hear about next book. Oh, but they, but the rest of the characters, I don't think know that. No, no, like we know because they like allude. He's like, it's you, you again. Oh yeah, you were the one who was rummaging in like wherever and like said you were. You didn't tell me who you really were. So like that definitely yeah. something happened. Steamy makeout session in the stacks, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. So the plot has thickened, and we get that Flora and Langham enemies to lovers set up. When, like, the men come to, like, update Kate and Caro on the case. And as of the recording on this episode, maybe it'll be different by the time this episode comes out. We don't know. what We have not confirmed that Langham and Flora will be the couple <laughs> of the next book. But I think almost definitely. Like, for this is just how the romance book goes. Like, right. It's how, like, for sure. Anyway, yeah. they arrive and they're like, oh, well, if it was enough money to kill for, we should look into this, like, we should look into conservative politicians who would, like, be ashamed to have an actress attached to their, like, family name. Like, they, like, this yeah. is, again, one of those things, the same thing where the dad were like, as I was listening, I was like, yeah, yeah, makes sense. No. Checks it out. I'm following. No. No. And afterward, like, trying no. to explain it, I'm like, I don't know how to explain no. that. <laughs> I immediately was like, why are you being so convoluted? All it needs to be is someone who wouldn't want to give up money. Like, it's money. What? And then, lo and behold, I, I was not fooled. Like, I was like, what? What are you talking about? It's like convoluted, like I mean, this whole book is convoluted. Like that's 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 the vibes of these this book. It's like <laughs> one convoluted plan after the other. Like that's why there's no room for angst because like there's already like all this like all these wheels turning. Like yeah. they can't add emotional angst as well. Yeah. And Flora is, for some reason, really good at looking up family crests. So she's found all the noblemen with foxes. And they're like, well, Effie was found, was grew up in Brighton. So it's probably someone that lives near there. So then they find out that it is, in fact, Lord Tate who lives near Brighton and also has a family crest with, or no. Yeah. Well, first Langley. No, it's not Lord Tate. I'm sorry. It's some other guy. 
Oh, oh yeah. What the fuck is his name? Oh fuck. G something with a G. Anyway, they clear Langley of it because they have the whole like tension between like uh, Laura and Langley. Langham, not Langham. Langley. You keep no, saying Langley. I'm pretty sure it's Langley. I think you keep saying Langley. No, I finally Langley. wrote it down. I finally I, written it down. I wrote, wrote <laughs> it down. reached the point where I wrote it down. I wrote it down multiple times, and it's Langley. I've written it down multiple times now too because I realized he was going to be a main character. Anyway, <laughs> this uh, there's a second man, the man that lives near Brighton. Who is also some sort of nobility? Yeah, but that's his family crest, and so they're like, "Oh my god!" And he's a politic, like, and he's a super conservative politician. It's he's definitely involved. And we skipped over. We kind of already, we basically already covered this. The only important thing is that um, Val has gone and saw, saw his father again. This is when they have their like, you know, he confronts him, yeah. and the dad is like, "I'm sorry," but the second direct. This is what I was saying with the Pride and Prejudice thing. The dad is like, "You cannot expect me to rejoice at the inferiority of their connections, surely." And I was like, Haha. "Like that's All right, Lady Catherine." Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Mr. Darcy. That's in the first proposal. Oh, you cannot expect me to rejoice in the inferiority of our connect of the connection. They so they make but they make yeah they make Val like. They don't have Val say that. They like they work it in there, but it's like they had to split him into like two. It's like Mr. Darcy and then like really mean Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next thing that happens is they get married. <laughs> Their friend has been kidnapped. It's okay. <laughs> they are getting married. It's a small wedding. They and then on the way home we have another fight slash miscommunication that lasts all of like five minutes. Where on the carriage ride home, like Val is like on fucking cloud nine, and Caroline is like, you know, I just like want to let you know, like, I'm I know this is not like a love match, and so like I don't mind if you cheat, but also like she's like I would definitely mind if you cheated, but like I'm yeah, just, like, she's like mind. trying to protect herself. And Val is like, what the fuck. I would never cheat on – and we've gotten this multiple times throughout the book that even if it wasn't a love match, Val has always been like, once I get married, like, I'm I'm staying Right, because the dad like, even if it, it wasn't yeah. Kara, oh, yeah. Yeah, the dad's like, oh, you don't actually have to change your life that much. Like, and then Val's like, who do you think I am? The dad's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you're chill. Like, yeah, you're just testing you. It's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just a test. It was just a – it was just a – what am I – what's the quote I'm looking for? It was just a – I don't know. Scare tactic. <laughs> no. <laughs> the two dogs barking at each other. Yeah. So they get married. And yeah. So they're at the wedding breakfast. Carol's like, ooh, I said something I shouldn't have. And Val is like hurt. And then like immediately they just like like look at each other. And then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Eversham, Eversham's like talking to Val. And he's like, wow, I've never seen a quarrel resolved with just a glance. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But before they resolve it, Val is like, why did I get so pissed? Like, why can't I control myself around her? I don't understand. What is the what are these feelings? Complex emotions. I don't get them. And Kara's like, wow, I like never really wanted a wedding, but like now I kind of wish that I like planned it so much because it's like so special. Like I can't think why. It's yeah. just like so special. No reason for that at all. Yeah, I just like just flower vibes. petals. I just, just like flowers. Just you know. Um, <laughs> I got a new dress. It's really nice. <laughs> and then we finally get some Bridgerton reparations, getting them in a storage closet. We don't really get Bridgerton reparations, but like they do both go to storage closet and I think they kiss, right? At the very least they kiss. That's where they have this like – they have like a more of a conversation. I have no memory of <laughs> Okay. All, I don't remember what happened. All I have is, yes, get them in a storage closet. Finally, Bridgerton reparations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good to know. You'll be happy to know. 
And then, and Val is like, guess what? Where we're going for a honeymoon because I know you and I know that your number one priority is sleuthing <laughs> at all times. Yeah. So we're going to go to Brighton for a honeymoon to do some sleuthing. Yes. She's like, yes, fuck yes. And then she like, they go back to his house and she meets his cook and his cook is like, oh yeah, like Val's favorite foods are from your cook. I was like, this pudding. And she's like, um, so like my like his favorite he's been eating like my food <laughs> she's like so she's like please just punch she's like and even right yeah even more importantly like not just Val but like his dad too because <laughs> yeah. at one point Val's like my dad's come a long way but I'm not quite to the point of like admitting that my wife knows how to cook yeah <laughs> and that all my dad's favorite foods like <laughs> were our recipes from my wife <laughs> yeah which is like crazy to consider then you like fast forward another hundred years and suddenly it's like you know, would have been like improper to not know how to, you know, not know how to cook. Yeah, just like weird, the, the changing standards, yeah, of sexism. <laughs> Ludwig is Ludwig the cat is dropped off at Val's house, and it's immediate enemies. Val doesn't <laughs> he, like him. Wait, wait, we got a we got a cat pun here. Yes, yes. <laughs> Val yes. is like the cat being here is catastrophic. Yeah, it's a disaster of cat. And then he he's like he's like oh god, he was so far gone, he was punning. Yeah. <laughs> he's like worried that the cat is gonna cock block him. And then they take a little cat nap together. Well, he's like he knew better than to come between a woman and her cat. Because <laughs> first I was like he doesn't like Ludwig, like red flag, but no. And I was just confused. Oh, this is another print. Like we find out that Ludwig and I don't know why I'm saying Ludwig. L- Ludwig. I'm gonna say it like the Americans do. All right, because I'm American. Ludwig and Val. Ooh. Sorry, <laughs> met prior to this at quote Val's house in the Lake District. <laughs> Pemberley. Oh yeah, it was at the um in the first book. Um. So after they wake up from their, and little she's like, cat I, nap. I hope you're not. Sorry, I I just have a lot written on this. He's like, I hope you're not <laughs> jealous of the cat Valentine. Of course I'm not. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Any other quotes you would like no. to share? No. Go ahead. They wake okay. up. <laughs> okay. They wake up from their cat nap. They have sex for the first time. She's like this. We get the classic like historical heroine where she like he like starts undressing and she's like, oh my god, a naked man. And normally like I don't mind it, and sometimes I even like like it. But for some reason this time I was like, yeah, it was more than usual. Twenty nine. Like Kara would never like. It just fell out of character for her to be like like this woman investigate like sees dead bodies all day. Right, and that's. That's like the overall vibes I got of like I just cannot imagine any of these people having sex because they're just so like they're just they're they're, they're never nudes honestly that's if if there were any if there's any book that I could believe some of the characters were never nudes it would be this one <laughs> like no I don't even know but I'm saying I don't think Carol for me it, it didn't make sense that Carol was like the like shrinking virgin yeah. stereotype and she, yeah like the fact that she's not like yeah let's get naked woohoo right like the fact that like Val starts to take his pants off and she's like what the fuck. You know, it's very much like it's that. And normally I don't mind it. But for some reason, it fell out of character. Maybe it's also because she's 29 and I'm just like, all right, this bitch is almost 30. Like, I understand it's historical, but like, (laughs) chill out. Well, I mean, but still, she wouldn't have had like any more exposure than, yeah. I know. I don't know. Normally I don't mind it. No, I agree. But I agree. Like it went, it's like, it's like technically out of character, but like in character with the rest of the vibes I got. Yeah. Yeah. She does say... That she trusts him when they're having sex, which is important because she hasn't trusted him before. This whole time, however, I'm like, these two are having sex. Your friend is – your friend and your cousin have been kidnapped. (laughs) 
They are potentially dead. We have been told this on numerous occasions. And you like, I understand it's your honeymoon. I understand you're going to Brighton the next day. Oh, they go to Brighton on the train. So it's definitely the Victorian era. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Solution. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, guys, guys, <laughs> your cousin has been stabbed and he's like bleeding out somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We have this like thing of like, uh, yeah, I guess like learning to trust your instincts is like tied in here because there's something about like, Kara's like, oh, I like it when you lay on top of me. Like it's, you know, so primitive. I bet you think I'm a hypocrite. Somehow she's like, I, I bet you think I'm a hypocrite because I think women should have rights, but also I like sex. Like I don't, it's very convoluted. And then he's like, oh, but that's but again, like your- this whole book is convoluted. <laughs> like, like, it's one like- big convoluted scheme. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you need to learn to trust your instincts or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, they head on over to Brighton on the train. They meet the inn owner. And the inn is like – they're like, listen, I, I, you probably don't remember this baby that was dropped here like over 20 <laughs> years ago. And the inn owner was like, bitch, do I <laughs> – ever of course i remember the rando baby and she's like the baby was definitely the child of the earl the the baby definitely had a big inheritance that's like the big rumor around town the new earl is a dick and they're like okay confirmed new (laughs) earl definitely the culprit like 100 percent. and they're like gotta go back to london to continue to investigate so i'm like good like at least like they're not staying on that like you deserve a honeymoon but like maybe not while your friends are in danger like glad you're going back to london carol's like we gotta go we gotta take the train back and val meanwhile is oh lord croydon that's the man. Mm. Lord Croydon is the and new earl. When Val starts suddenly having second thoughts about like not letting Caro like interview suspects to like protect their feelings, he's like, I'm damn tired of protecting the fragile feelings of misogynists over at the expense of Caro's. And I'm like, all right, good. Yeah, Doesn't really good. stop him, but like <laughs> I mean, he kind of does. He kind of like allows her to stick around. But also he has before that, like they get back to their house and the cat, Ludovic, has obviously been terrorizing everyone this whole time, like as is his nature. And um <laughs> but do. Val is also like he's walking around and he's like wow, like, Carol's stuff is in my house. Like, her clothes are in my closet. And, like, there's even, like, a dollhouse yeah. filled with reenactments of murder scenes. <laughs> but who was he to judge? Because he had a boxing room, too. And I'm like, you know what? No, I like this. But those are not on the same level. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. A boxing room feels a little bit more normal yeah. than a, a dollhouse. But that's – where is it? That's definitely, like, a historical thing. That like there were dollhouses filled with like that was like a hobby that like like a popular hobby. Really, like, I don't know whether is this like reenacting murder this time period or like no, just like particularly like crimes, like dollhouses what? filled with crimes. I've never heard like of mini- that. miniature crimes. These I have absolutely <laughs> heard of that. I definitely like like I saw it in a documentary or something. I read it in a book. That's definitely <laughs> a thing that people did. Like that's not just like a weird Caro thing. Like people definitely recreated crime scenes. And in fact, there were there was this lady, I think this was in the 20th century, but I'm pretty sure there was like some famous crime that like was recreated by these enthusiasts and then like a detective was like a cold case and then like 20 years later this, this like detective she like went in and like looked at the recreation and was like hang on this is definitely how the crime was committed and like solved the crime based on like this little like she was like she was the oh she was the one that like pioneered she was the one that was like we should take pictures of crime scenes mm. like we need to document everything that's in the crime scene so that things don't get so like and we need to like keep it clean like people can't just be stomping wow. all over the place like she was the one that did it and it was like based on like she was like in that crowd of like people who like made crime scenes out of dollhouses nice wait so how so who had had the accurate 
reenactment of it. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was her. I don't yeah. know. I just know it was like it started with like she solved the case wow. because she made like miniatures of the crime scene and then she like pioneered the whole like, hey, we yeah, need to like keep seems like, crime scene secure. That seems like something so obvious, but I guess it's it's I mean it gives me similar vibes as the like not washing your like doctors not washing their hands. And like yeah. now it's like it seems so obvious to like keep it clean, quote unquote. But I guess like same thing with crime scenes. Like if it would take yeah. someone like suggesting that. For people to be yeah. like, oh, let's not be grubby and like, yeah, <laughs> like what in yeah. tourists? Like, I remember I'll, I've I there was this one like historic like crime. I don't know. I just like listened to a few episodes of it, and they were talking about how like there was this like murder scene, and it was in this small town, so it was like a big attraction for like miles around. So like all these mm. people like just came and like walked around the house like looking yeah. at it like. It's like stomped yeah. all over all the evidence. Right. And I yeah. think they technically were like, don't come in here, but like no one was enforcing it. And they just like, yeah. yeah, like ruined everything. Yeah. Anyway, so that lady, I'll try to find like an article about her. But yeah. you can think that lady, I think it was in like the 20th century, though. I think it was like well after mm-hmm. this that that like was instituted. <laughs> it took them a while to finally realize that. Anyway, yeah. Carol has a, a murder, a murder dollhouse. Val is like very, very sweetly warm about the fact that all her shit is in his house. He's like very happy about it. And now they go visit Lord Croydon, the new dickish earl. And he's definitely suspicious. He's a dick. He's like talking about, yeah, he's like, of course I didn't want like my association with Effie known, like her dad, like my uncle, like my, the only good member, he's like blood will out, you know? And, but like, of course not with me. Like, of course my dad and me are like the only yeah. good members of our family. But like, obviously she would go down like the bad path or whatever. Oh, at, at, what I enjoyed was that like when they're walking, when Val and Eversham are walking up, Val's like, all right, dude, like make sure to be cool. Don't tell them you're a cop. Like, just don't, don't tell them. And Eversham's <laughs> like, who do you think I am? And then they get to the door and like give their cards and Val's like, oh, wow, he has cards that don't say he's a cop. Like, they just say Mr. Eversham. I'm shocked. Yeah. And Andrew's like, yeah, dude, this is my fucking job. Like, I do know how to do this. Like, I like I am very good at this. Like, there's a reason I was promoted last month. I mean, I, mean, I, I feel like Val's, Val's like a defense to that would be like, yeah, well, you're the one who's saying that like you guys are shit. <laughs> like that's all yeah, I ever seen. So, like, yeah. yeah, Andrew's like Andrew's like, bro, like I literally solved a serial killer case last book. Like <laughs> I got this. <laughs> do, you, do you even read, bro? Like, like you were there, bro. Nineteen. I never fucking learned how to read. <laughs> <laughs> Very much get those vibes. Yeah. From that, for sure. <laughs> anyway, so they're going back. They they both Eversham and. Um, Val agree that like Lord Croydon's suspicious and then Val is like listen don't make fun of me but like I promised that we'd update Caro before like we continued the investigation and Andrew's like um duh like obviously we have to update our wives I'm not an idiot like Kate would fucking stab me if like we yeah. didn't update them <laughs> He's like, of course. And I just love these two men are just such simps. Like, they're just fully on the same page. They're like, yes, we're scared of our wives. No, his specific thing is she'll make me sleep in the best guest room, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. So it's not the worst guest room. It's not even like the medium guest room. At least you get the best guest room. <laughs> and meanwhile, their wives are like, we are not just like sitting around eating cake. We are sitting around eating cake and also hosting a club <laughs> and investigating. And who just so happens to be at the book club? But Lady Tate, who happens to be like, 
Um, like they're like, oh yeah, you were in Brighton last week. Like we just like Carol's like we just like came back from Brighton from our honeymoon, and Lady Tate is like, oh, I wasn't in fucking Brighton. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I don't have a sister that lives in Brighton. No, I haven't seen her in three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, Lord Tate's alibi is gone. Carol and Kate go investigate the house that Tate bought for Effie when he wanted her to be his mistress. So Carol and Kate find the house and they see. Lord Croydon there. They see him like walking out and they're like, oh my God, he's totally keeping Effie there. He's totally like knows that we're on to him because like we just like spoke to him and like accused him. We got to go. And so like they're like, we got to break in the house. But they're like, we are actually not at all good at breaking into houses. So we're actually going <laughs> to go in through the front door. And they roll up to the front door. And Carol's like, oh my God, Kate grew up here. So she just really wants to see no, the we house grew up again. here. They pretend to be sisters. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And the footman is like the fake footman who turns out to be the kidnapper that killed the other one through the river. <laughs> 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 um, but He's like, Al, I don't know. Like, I can't let you in. And they're like, oh, please. And then, like, the housekeeper shows up. And she's like, ah, just let him on the ground floor. Like, they don't have to go upstairs. Like, it's it's cool. Yeah. Or whatever. So they go in. And then Lord Tate appears and is like, I know you. And they get captured. And they get put in a room. And who is there? A body. Not a dead body. They really fake you out. They're like, oh my God, we thought it was a dead body. Rachel, I don't understand how for a moment you were like, oh yes, that's a dead body. I knew, I was like, they see a body on the bed and I was like, it's going to be Frank and he's going to recover. Like, there's <laughs> no angst in this book. Absolutely not. By this point, I was like, I was like, Manda Collins would not do me like that. Absolutely not. It could be like one of the henchmen. Like, who knows? But anyway, he's been stabbed, but he's he's holding on. He's like delirious naturally, which I feel like is not something you recover from in this in this time period, but like whatever yes, he you will. Do. For romance. He recovers for romance reasons because Frank, it turns out Frank, so Frank was clobbered over the head at the beginning. So he was already kind of wobbly and then he gets kidnapped and then he tried to escape and like he found Effie and they were going to get out together, but then like they get caught and so he got stabbed. And so like Effie's in a separate room and Frank's lying stabbed on the bed. And so, so, Speaking of Chekhov's gun, um, Caro's like – it's like pacing. Caro felt the weight of her pistol resting against her thigh. She has a pistol. They never use it. She has a gun. But instead, they're like, okay, what's a great plan? We need to like get their attention. We'll scream, pretend that Frank is attacking us. So they do that and then the henchman walks in. They like hit him over the head with a fire shovel or something. Yeah. And tie him up just like immediately. They escape They and they go find Effie. Like they oh, found yeah. Effie. Mm-hmm. No problems. They just – they open yep. a few doors. They steal yeah. the footman's keys. They open a few doors and they're like, oh my god. Hey, Effie. What's up? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're here to rescue you. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile <laughs> – Val and Andrew are outside. They've and showed up at the house. Can I just say that it's apparently the time of day is described as – I meant to Google this, but the gloaming, that time when the last light of day casts an otherworldly blue sheen on the world. So oh, yeah. twilight? Twilight? I've never heard it. No, no. The gloaming. the gloaming. Gloaming is a word that I've heard before. Twilight dusk. Yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, it's like dusk. But it is oh, a specific time. A for it. example, today's gloaming was 7.47 p.m. Oh, really? That's yeah. That's bizarre. Weird. Yeah, really? Twilight. Sunset is that late? No, it's, it's after yeah. the sun yeah, sets yeah, yeah. before like the uh, light fully disappears. Wait, how could it be at seven forty seven when tomorrow it's at seven thirty two? I don't know what to tell you. I searched gloaming. Oh, that's sunset. Never mind. Sorry, I already. Got yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. I'm anyway. glad we're on the same page. The gloaming. You've learned a new word today, listeners. <laughs> Rachel's learned a new word. 
our evil genius villains are standing on the front <laughs> stoop having a loud <laughs> argument about how they've each fucked up. And <laughs> all that Violet ever should have to do is like hang out on the, the corner of the building and like peep around and eavesdrop a little bit to like hear all they need to know. And they so they attack yeah. and subdue them because they're just they're stupid enough to confess everything on the steps of the house. Yeah. And then everyone is rescued. They all team up like they've subdued Tate and Croydon and then they open the door and who like Kate and Kara are there with like Effie and Frank and they're like oh hey they're guys like, oh like, good we did want to ride home <laughs> <laughs> like this is great Frank needs a doctor um otherwise everyone's cool but like Frank de- right now Frank needs a fucking <laughs> Frank yeah. needs a guy. I don't think you understand he smelled the man smells he has fucking sepsis <laughs> like he needs a doctor oh never fear though we fast forward like a month later <laughs> it's all wrapped yeah. throughout this they've been they kept repeating how like the 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 villains won't hang because they're peers and so i thought that that was set up like to go along with the theme of like pretty low stakes like they're not sending anyone to the gallows but no like this has been throughout the book but the, the last time it's repeated like a sentence later it's like oh but mick the henchman like he was killed last week he's dead <laughs> like oh yeah yeah the footman's dead but the peers yeah they don't die <laughs> manda collins is like this is the reality i don't know what you want me to do about it like this is just how the world yeah, there's, there's like a little commentary on like oh this isn't fair or whatever but i guess he did actually kill someone mick has also killed someone separately so i guess like yes technically tate and croydon didn't kill anyone yet. yeah they just kidnapped they were planning to but they didn't but yeah epilogue they everything is it's it's basically the epilogue is just like wrapping things up but like specifically like the the bulk of the epilogue is wrapping things up between val and ludwig in which like (laughs) it's it's established once again that ludwig is enemies with everyone and val is like he and i have a truce like we get it like i did not interrupt his cuddle time and he does not interrupt my sex time and like this is how it's gonna go yeah i just really enjoyed the imagery of like so we start out with a conversation and we don't know where they are it's just you picture they're probably like you know sitting or like in bed and it's like the doll carol yeah carol (laughs) leaned onto val causing a ripple of water to cascade over the edge of the bathtub and then, like, the cat comes up and, like, disappears between the edge. And Val's like, he's drinking the water again, isn't he? <laughs> so the sound of rapid slurping made the question moot. <laughs> and then and it's just like – and the cat hasn't actually done anything. Like, come on. And he's like, the truth is, Caroline, I would endure any number of cats, dogs, and hedgehogs if it meant I got to spend the rest of my life with you. So that's cute. Baby. <laughs> so, yeah. Things are – yeah. Anyway, but yeah, the epilogue is like almost <laughs> solely dedicated to like where is Ludwig now? And like, <laughs> well, <laughs> what is his life well, like? Yeah, it's good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but I, this is brings me back to what the letters about the other man, the Frank Effie letters. Oh, okay. Like, what what it was, was up with that? I think it was the fact that Effie was like trying to investigate her past, and Frank didn't know about it. At like Frank, he like didn't know the whole story, so he just saw her. He saw her hanging out with Langham, and he's like, "Oh, you're leaving me for Langham." Like I think that I think there was like he thought something else was going on, whereas like it was just Effie trying to discover her past. That's what I think it was. But it's never yeah, it's never really like this is why Frank wrote the letter, which is interesting because everything else is wrapped up. (laughs) Anyway. Nice. We ended on a cat, and now we're rolling right back into the cat scale. Yowling right back in. Um, I would say off the charts. <laughs> really fucking high. I don't yeah. know whether it's as high as like Ice Planet. Yeah, it's interesting because there was a lot of like cats, but like not that much cat vibes. Yeah. What do we think? So we stout Val as a dog. Definitely. Yeah. 
What do we think Caro is? I don't know. Not very cat-like. Mm-mm. Although, well, are cats impulsive? Would we call cats Mm-mm. impulsive? No. Like a cat, if a cat wants to like knock off your vase off the table, it's going to like look at you a few times first, like make sure it has an audience. I wouldn't call it impulsive. It's like, you know, planned. I feel like Caro's like a hamster or something. A hamster that like is constantly escaping its cage and like doing parkour around the house. Yeah, you know I mean? lives more than two years. Yeah, yeah, an immortal hamster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did have Ludwig, and the the book was did end with Ludwig. Like, Mana Collins was like the most important thing that I need to wrap up about this book is it's a wacky cat. Is Ludwig, <laughs> Ludwig yeah. the cat? The wacky cat. So yeah. cat solving crimes. Cool cats and kittens. That, that's what I want. That book. Give me cat solving crimes. The adventures of catlock catter sitting. Calls. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three. Okay. Two. two one, one. Eight. Eight. Wow. Nice. Look at that. Look at us. Agreeing. I'm going to write. Stop making these weird noises because then I have to edit them out. <laughs> I was trying to make that like, you know. Yeah, but then you just like kept going, like because I didn't get like it the first time. My artist. Oh well, yeah, exactly. You're welcome. It's professional level. Some people have to pay for this, you know. Leave me alone. Get out. <laughs> get out. But on your way out, out, tell our listeners where they can find us. Uh, you keep bobbing this off on me. Um, <laughs> you got to be quick. You got to do Facebook, it <laughs> Instagram, YouTube. And Gmail at we read it one night TikTok. at gmail.com for the letter. TikTok at we read it one night. And also Twitter at we read it podcast. And uh, also, uh, if you have the ability to rate and or review podcasts where you're listening, please do that yes. for our podcast. We've yes, gotten please. some great reviews. It's recently. always, yeah. It's always such a rush when we're like on the charts, even though most of the time we'll like go on Chartable and it'll say like you were on the charts. It's some, we, we won't tell you when, but like you were Mysterious. on the US book charts and also Sweden and also you're out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's so like you want to keep us on there. I feel like fucking like a Project Runway contestant where Heidi Klum is like, you are out. Like one day <laughs> you're in and the next day you're out. Like yeah. I feel like that's what Chartable is doing to me with yeah. fucking – the rankings but it's we have we, we did actually get a number the last time we looked for apple Podcasts. us australia Book and US. sweden i think it was like some, yeah, yeah i was impressed so, nice. thank, so you. thank you sweden we already knew we had a lunch i mean thank you u.s listeners but we already knew you were out there so like shout out to our australian and swedish listeners yeah godspeed comrades <laughs> godspeed comrades <laughs> that's ironic <laughs>